Hello, my name is Carl Lloyd Hauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. All right, so we're going to do uh, just a short little two-week series here, and it's called Highs and Lows. And um, I'd say that God kind of dropped it into my heart in the fall, uh, maybe had me experience uh, the whole series in just a couple days. Uh, Gina and I went, um, we went camping, glamping, you know, we're using my father-in-law's camper now, so uh, uh, that's a new experience for us. And so we went on um, a Friday, uh, which we've never done before, because I always work on Saturdays. And so, um, and we went at the peak of fall colors, went over on Kebler Pass. Just so you know, you're not finding a camping site if you do that, right? So we went over there, checked this campground, checked this campground, didn't work. And so then uh, we said, well, here's like a little boondock place, let's go see. And I drove it all back there and I'm like, no, this, we would not have a good time here. So I came out and as I came out, I caught the bumper on, of the camper on a rock and, and then the rock caught the... Uh, Oh, the, that jack and kind of bent it out of place. And so that night we're sleeping in the camper and I'm telling you what, because of that stabilizing jack, I mean, if you would just, seriously, if you would breathe the camper going <laughs> all night long, I mean, you couldn't move. It's like, okay, don't move, honey. I won't move either, you know? And it just kind of kept us up. And so that was fine. And then uh, the next night uh, there's this sound as we're sleeping and it sounds like the hounds of hell have been released. There's and it was our heater. And our heater broke, right? That's why heater stops. And so, okay. And then we decide, well, let's go fishing. And so um, we uh, ended up camping over by a Taylor Reservoir because uh, that's the only place we could find a campground, a campsite. And so we go up to Taylor Reservoir and it's a lot like Ridgeway, which we've done, I don't know, hundreds of times. You, you know, you can drive your truck out there, go right next to the bank and you can fish right, right next to your truck. And so we're like, all right, let's go out there. And, and we're going through this little road and, and Gina says, hey, go, let's go down there. You know, there's nobody over there and there's a reason nobody's over there. But we said, okay, yeah. And, and so uh, I I get on, I'm going, and I notice that we're not, we're not driving anymore. We're like floating, you know? And, I, and I, I'm like, honey, we're in trouble. And if I had to do it over again, I, I would have just kept going and done this like long turn and try to get out of there. But I did what I shouldn't do, and I just stopped. And I stopped so I could back out, right? As soon as I stopped, the whole truck just went way down in the mud. And so, you know, put it in reverse, tried to get out. I mean, anytime you touch the gas, you just go deeper and deeper into the mud. And the mud was like up to the top of the wheel wells there. And so um, we're just stuck. And uh, so I get out. I don't, I don't have a shovel, so I find a rock. And I'm digging the mud out with a rock and trying to stick rocks underneath there. And I mean, getting absolutely nowhere. And um, then uh, I call him Chain Guy. Chain Guy shows up. And he's um, oh, about 250 yards out. He stops like... And uh, way out there, he, he knows better to even come near us. And he walks out to me and, and he said, I was like, oh, thank you for helping me. And he says, oh, it'll cost you. And, and it did. It cost me quite a bit. And uh, he actually, he had, he had a quarter mile, he had 250 yards of chain that he put out there from his truck and he winched us out and, and he got us, uh, got us free, right? And so we're like, okay, so uh, we got uh, free from that. And then, so we're driving home. And uh, we're coming out, we're just right outside of Gunnison, maybe two miles outside of Gunnison. I hear this, boom! And I look back and uh, the tire blew on the camper. And not only did it blow, but it, it like sent shrapnel everywhere and it ripped up our, uh, our tank, our sewage tank, 
cut a hole in it, ripped off the valve. And so I'm in there and I'm changing the, uh, fortunately it was just pee water. <clears throat> and I'm changing the tire in pee water. Like, oh, this isn't quite what we had planned. We finally get out there. So then the next day I have this, uh, I have an appointment for uh, my, my truck because I knew that I needed to get new brake pads. And I hear the very next day, well, it's not just the brake pads. The rotors are all rusted. We have to replace all four of them. And it's like, Phew. but I'll tell you what, that weekend I'd do it again. Because, you know, we, we, we went out there and we just, uh, we had such a good time. I mean, the leaves were, even the spike Taylor Reservoir and everything else, the leaves were beautiful. We had little hammocks and we're sitting out there holding hands and reading our books and cooking bratwurst. And I just had fun, a lot of fun. And there was this song that I kept singing the whole trip. And it's this one by Hillsong, Young and Free, and, it, and it's called Highs and Lows. And, and it, it's highs and lows, Lord, you're with me, either way it goes. Should I rise or should I fall? Even so, Lord, your mercy is an even flow. Should I rise or should I fall? You're faithful through it all. You're too good to let me go. And I'm just singing highs and lows. You know, that's kind of how life goes. And now understand I wasn't perfect. And, uh, you know, I, I, was, I didn't always have a perfect attitude, but I think I did pretty good. It was just like, you know, that's just how it goes. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it goes poorly. And Peter talks about this. If you have your Bible, we're going to spend our whole time in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse, well, we'll start with verse 12. We're just going to go through this line by line here. So uh, open up to 1 Peter 4 and in verse 12, this is what Peter says about this. He says, dear friends, <clears throat> do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering. And I love this, as though something strange were happening to you. Now, understand, what, what Peter's talking about here is a lot worse than getting your truck stuck at Taylor Reservoir. Okay, this is the time when the Emperor Nero, it's about 60 to 64 AD, so Nero, he burns down part of Rome, and he does it because he wants to do some new construction projects. So he starts the fire. Everybody's mad, so he blames it on the Christians. And then he starts this intense persecution of the believers. I mean, and, and he does things... That seriously, since there's kids in this room, I, I'm not going to share what he did because it would give you nightmares. I mean, it, it's disgusting the things that Nero was doing to the Christians. If you want to just like dig into that a little bit more, I don't know why you would. But just good, look and research the history of a Roman candle. Okay, that's just one of the things that he would do. And it was just horrible what he did. And, and he says, why are you surprised? Why are, you know, do you think that this, is, that this kind of stuff doesn't happen to us? You think it's strange that we face persecution and difficulty? And so coming back here where things I know are a lot, lot easier for me, but the same question is, why are you surprised? You know, every vacation that I go on has its highs and it has its lows. Every single one. And you just got to be ready. Like something is going to go wrong. I've officiated a lot of weddings. Every single wedding, something goes wrong. And, you know, I just tell the bride, I'm like, listen, you're just going to make memories. Things, things will not be perfect. I know you want them to be, but they're not going to be. And here's one for you. You're, you're about to have your Christmas celebration. And I just want you to know it's not going to be perfect. Okay? I hope it's good. I hope it has a lot of highs. But there are going to be some lows. And you just got to be like, why are you surprised? Like, this is strange to you that a Christian would have a difficult time. That, that we would suffer in our lives. Do so, you think this is like, un, like unreasonable? It doesn't happen to other people? And then in 13, I love what Peter says though. He doesn't say, well, we'll just hang in there. 
He doesn't say endured. He says, but rejoice. That's what you do in the suffering. Rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. See that we get to do some of the things that Jesus did. Rejoice that you're being tested, you're being transformed. Rejoice that you get to identify with Jesus in the midst of even, yes, your little difficulties. So why? So that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Because there's another purpose here. There's something else that's going on here. And we have joy in the midst of our suffering. And we can rejoice. And so when I was out there and I was digging in the mud with that rock, there were two thoughts that I had. And the first one was... I made this bed. Here I am lying in it, right? And then the second thought I had is, oh, so this is what God had in store for me today. I thought I was fishing, but today I am digging in the mud. That's what's going to happen, right? Because it could have gone so many different ways. We could have found a campsite up near Kebler Pass. Wouldn't have happened. I could have said, oh, honey, let's not go that way. Let's go this way. And it would have happened. But that's what God had for me. That's where we ended up. What am I going to do? You know, I'm stuck in the mud. But what am I going to do? I, I go in. I had a knife in my car. I could go like slash all my tires like stupid trick. Right? I remember I was uh, a friend of uh, excuse me, a family member of mine was golfing. And uh, he, I wasn't there, but he, he tells me the story that he got so angry on the 10th hole that he took his clubs and he just threw them in the pond. I was like, that's not going to improve your swing. That doesn't help. What are you doing, right? What are you going to do? So these things happen. These lows come. And and I feel like I did an okay job. Like I just said, I recalibrated. I'm like, all right, well, I thought I was doing this, but now I'm doing this. And see, what, what followers of Jesus, what we need here in our walk with Jesus is some constancy, spiritual constancy in the midst of the highs and the lows. Now you can feel emotions, but we just go through it. And we're going to be okay, and we can rejoice either way, right? And there's some truths that I want to talk to you about. Things that we stand on when things are going good and when things are going bad. And here's the first truth that I want you to understand. Is whatever you are going through, listen, this is preparation. Right now. You're 30, 40, 60, 90, 100, whatever, how many years you have here. This is preparation for what's next. In Ephesians 5, what is Jesus coming back for? His bride. That's you. He's coming back for us, his church. And, and how is she going to be when he returns? Pure, spotless, blameless. See, he's getting us ready. This is all about that moment. That's what all this is for, is preparation for being with him for all of eternity. It's kind of, it's kind of like college was for me, right? College was four, okay, five years uh, uh, just this short little time, you know, and now in the middle of it, oh, it's so much hard work and you're just like, and you're like is this ever going to be over? And it's everything. But I look back at it now and I'm like, I don't know. I barely remember it. I don't even know if I should have went or not. Right. And it was just preparation and, and we endure it and we hang in there because we know this is just going to be a little while. I just got to do this for just a short little time. And then I've got the rest of my life afterwards. Listen, our time here is just a short little time. And then we have all of eternity. And right now, this is actually, I think, a really special time 
of preparation because this is the one time in all of my eternity, in my eternal existence from here on out, it's the one time that I can experience what a person does or learn a lesson from what happens when your truck gets stuck in the mud. Because trucks don't get stuck in the mud in heaven. Right? This is our chance to learn. What am I going to do? Am I going to kick the dog? Am I going to yell at Gina? No? Or am I going to say, hmm, well, this is my afternoon. What do you have for me? See, this is your one time, and it's short. I know it doesn't feel like it. I know it feels like everything right now, but this is your one time in your history where you get to learn, oh, how deeply I trust you, Jesus. When you see him face to face, you're not going to have to trust him. He's going to be right there. This is the one time that you can serve him by faith, without sight. We In heaven, we will not need faith. He'll be right there. We will not need trust. We're not going to need to learn obedience in heaven. I'm telling you, when you see the power and the majesty and the glory of God, when we see him as he really is, there's not going to be any debate in your mind of like, should I do what he says? This is your chance. This is our time to prepare. Now in heaven, I think we're going to learn some things. I think we're going to learn about God's power. We're going to learn about his glory, his beauty, his friendship, his relationship, his creativity, his imagination. I'm excited. I mean, we've got all eternity to learn about how he put things together and all the other things that he made and just uh, and who he is and to search his character. But this is the one chance. This is the one chance we have to learn what suffering teaches us. And I think, I think he gave us this little time right now, and I actually think we're cramming. It's like we've got to cram in these lessons really quick because we only got... How many ever years? A number of decades here. And we have all eternity. We got to learn these lessons. We got to cram in these lessons right now. And if you think about it, okay, many of us are concerned about inflation. What is inflation after a thousand years in heaven? What's COVID after 10,000 years in heaven? What do you think about it? What's your bills? What's a mortgage? What's the pressure of the holidays? After you've been with Jesus for a hundred thousand years, how are you going to look at this stuff? You know, Peter right here, the, the one who wrote this, he has been, as far as I understand, he's been in heaven for 1,950 some years, right? You're going to get there. And I think that right now, after 1,950 years of being in the presence of our Lord, I don't think he looks back on this time, if he even looks back on it, and says, why? I don't think he looks back and says, oh, that was so unfair, If he thinks about those 64 years or so that he had here, if he thinks about them, I think he thinks, when Jesus said, come and follow me, I am so glad I put down my net. If he thinks anything, that's what I think he thinks. I I, I bet he's like, man, I I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was saying yes to. I don't know how important, I am just so thank you, God, that I put down my net, because here I am. And I want you to understand, you are not just going to heaven. You're going to heaven for 1,950 years. You're going to heaven for 10,000 years. You're going to to heaven for 100,000 years. You're going there for all of eternity. And here we are on this earth, and we have our highs, and we have our lows, And it's just a short, short training for a long, long, long eternal life. That's the point. That's why 
since we're cramming, I think that's why God, and because I'd like him to sometimes, but I think that's why God doesn't kind of pull back the stars and put his head down and say, hey, cut it out. I'd like him to do that. But I think the reason he doesn't do that is because this is our chance. This is our time right now where he wants us to learn faith. Where he wants us to understand and walk in obedience. This is our chance right now to learn trust. And we got to cram it in. He's not going to waste this time. Where we learn gratitude. All right, let's see what Peter has to say next. So in verse 14. And he says, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. Remember that. Not everybody loves Jesus. Not everyone's cheering on Jesus' followers. But if you're insulted because of your faith, listen, it's a blessing. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. What a great witness. What a great truth that God is in me. And the world, you know, um, Paul tells us because we smell. You are the aroma of Christ. To those who are perishing, it doesn't smell very good. To those who are being drawn to him, it's a sweet aroma. And if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or a guy driving your truck in the mud or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. So he's saying, well, like, don't cause your own problems. All right? Live righteously. Try not to do it to yourself. But if you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed. But praise God that you bear that name. And then I love this. He says, for it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. That's you and me. This is where God starts. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? He's beginning with us. Why? Because he's coming for a pure and spotless bride. And he's transforming us and he's changing us. And see, in our lows, we're so concerned with, oh, I don't want to feel this way. I don't like how I feel. How can I change that? And I think maybe if we could just for a minute, just stop and say, hmm, I wonder what God is up to. I wonder what God's doing in the midst of this. After the chain guy pulled me out, he said, so did we learn our lesson? And I said, yes, we did. But you know what, I honestly, I thought at that moment when he said it, I thought, I don't know. Did I? I mean, I told him yes, but I was thinking, well, what was the lesson? I remember praying, well, Lord, what, what was that about? What was the lesson? Maybe the lesson is this. Okay, if you get stuck in the mud, but you do it by the Spirit, and you look to him, and you praise him, and, you, and it could actually be an act of worship. I did learn my lesson. High five, chain guy. High five for Jesus, right? <laughs> Whatever you're going through, somehow, listen, I am getting prepped. Maybe I'm getting convicted, getting refined, getting transformed. Whatever it is, I am getting ready. You know, maybe, maybe just one of the things. There was, there was one bad moment, at least. And one was when the chain guy first came. Uh, so Gina was like throwing frisbee at the dog while I'm digging the mud. And then my dog saw a chain guy and, he, and the dog went crazy. And the dog's all running around and barking. I'm covered in mud. And Gina's got a frisbee. And I was like, get that dog. That was my worst moment there. But maybe God was teaching me, hey, this is how you treat my daughter when you're stressed out. This is how you honor a daughter of mine. 
I don't know what he was teaching me. But I want you to understand there is no such thing. Now, in Jesus, there is no such thing as pointless suffering. Outside of Jesus, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make much sense at all. Inside of Jesus, there is no such thing as pointless suffering. And I know we say, we're like, well, what was the point of that? I, I don't know. But listen, at the very, very least, at the minimum in our suffering, one thing that we will gain is when we're up there for eons, we will have a deeper appreciation for what it means to be in existence with no suffering. At the very least, at the very least, we'll have a greater gratitude for what it means to live with no tears. And I think 300,000 years later, you're going to look back on this and you're going to be like, I seem to remember Seems like I had a tough time once. Seems like there were some difficulties. And at the very most, when we go through, through these things, we get to identify with Jesus. We get to be changed and become more like Jesus. We got to learn to be constant in the middle of the highs and the lows. See, there's two more constant truths in the middle of them. One is that God has a plan and God has a purpose. Let's pick up in verse 18. And Peter says, and if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, it's not just hard, it's impossible. It doesn't matter how hard you work, you can't get yourself saved. There's only one way to be saved, and it's through the sacrifice of Jesus, putting your faith in Jesus. So really simple, but I wouldn't call it easy. What will become of the ungodly? What will become of the sinner? So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Now, I looked at this and I was, those who continue to suffer according to God's will. Hmm. What does that mean? And I don't think it means like, well, I want you to suffer a little bit here and I want you to suffer a little bit here. I think it's actually that Peter's saying, the way that you go through suffering, you could do it according to my will or you could do it a different way. And there's actually things that I want you to do and things that I want you to be in suffering. So I thought, okay, well, what is that, Lord? So I looked up every single passage I can find on suffering. And I found what God wants from us in suffering, if you would uh, bring that up. Now, if you have your phone here, I would encourage you to take a picture of this. I think that this is, uh, I, my opinion is that this could be really, really helpful for you when you're in the middle of difficulties. Because this tells us how we are to go through suffering and what God wants for us in suffering. All right, so what, what do we find here? So this is God's will for us. So when you suffer, Peter tells us, don't be afraid. So that's the first thing God wants from you is don't be afraid when you suffer because you're blessed in the middle of it. And then James tells us when you suffer, consider it joy because it's going to mature you and it's going to complete you and let that happen. That's what God wants from you. What else does God want from us in suffering? He wants you to persevere. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't let up. We don't stop in the middle of suffering. What else does he want? Second Corinthians, Paul tells us, don't lose your heart. Fix your eyes on him. He is working for your eternal glory. So in the middle of it, don't, let, don't be crushed by your difficulty and put your eyes on Jesus and like, okay, we're gonna keep going forward. And then Paul tells us, or Peter tells us, and live for God's will. Live for what he wants in the middle of it. What do you want me to do? How do I go forward in this? And then when you suffer, just continue in what you know. That's so good. Now remember, we've talked about this. This is that when difficulty, that's the time we believe our beliefs and we doubt our doubts. We continue in what we know. And then Paul tells us, allow the suffering to change you and then identify with Jesus in the middle of it and become like Jesus because of it. 
And then Jesus tells us, be at peace, take heart, because I have overcome the world. In the middle of it, just have peace. It's okay, I got you. Psalms tells us, in my suffering, I learned God's decrees. So we look for his ways, we look for his laws, we try to figure out what he wants. Paul tells us, in your suffering, grow in your character, grow in hope, become a person of integrity. And I love this, use your suffering to comfort and care for other people. Let your misery become your ministry. God put this in you. You know what it's like. Now you can talk to other people who go through similar things. Use it to point other people to Jesus. And then Jesus tells us, and rejoice. We keep hearing this over and over again. Rejoice in your heavenly reward. It's going to be so big. And see, we seek the highs. We want to avoid the lows. But guys, we got to learn how to just be constant. We're just going to go through it. There's difficulty coming. There's highs coming, there's lows coming. Probably this week. We don't fear them, we just move forward. And this just shows us how to go through all of it. And I love what Peter tells us. Did you see that? He says, and continue to do good. What a great game plan. Do that. If you're not sure what to do, just do good things. So a chain guy, he asked me another question. And, and he said, um, so who decided to go down here? That was a test. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, and, and so I was like, I was driving. I think I passed the test. I did okay there. I was so ready to say, especially after that, did we learn our lesson? Yeah, I hope she did. Continue to do good. You know, I, this is a, one of the things that I've found when I'm, when I'm going through. I mean, you know those shaking difficulties, like a loss or a grief or just like where your whole world is rocked? You know what I found is the best way out of it for me? Just to serve. Just to serve my way out of sorrow. Serve your way out of sorrow. You know, it just hits you, but you get up the next day and you just take the brick and you're like, okay, just going to keep going. And especially in a way where it just blesses other people. I don't know, there's just something about it for me anyway. Every time that I'm just going through a huge difficulty, just to lay my life down for others, to lift up others, to go help uh, Arnie and the team with the mobile food relief, just goes out there and something comes up in your heart again. You start to live again in the midst of the difficulty. You've heard uh, probably Mr. Rogers, his advice, you know, when, when there's a tsunami or there's a horrible tragedy, you know, his advice to kids is, well, look for the helpers, right? Look for the helpers and that hope will come. Well, I, I want to give you a little different advice. I think, personally, I think that's fine. But, but I think if you want to get through it, be the helper. Start helping. Just say, okay, I'm going I'm to serve. I'm going to do good. That's what Peter says. Just do good. There's a plan. There's a purpose in the midst of this. Just keep going forward in it. And I want to bring you to the last constant the last thing that we stand on in our highs and our lows, which is the power of God. And Peter says, commit yourself to a faithful creator. Isn't that good? God's not just capable. He's not just powerful, but he's faithful. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He will bring you through this. He will work a purpose. And people are freaking out right now. So afraid about what's coming, so afraid about what's here. And listen, there's real problems, okay? There's real difficulties and real concerns. I, I, I understand that. 
But there's so much life and there's so much hope in the midst of it. I've been thinking, uh, as I've been thinking about the world right now, um, a, a quote from Charles Dickens came. It's from A Tale of Two Cities. And Dickens, he's writing this in the context of uh, the, the revolution in Paris. And so the world is just kind of like, it's going crazy. And I thought, this is, this is our world right now. This is how I see our world. Maybe you don't, but I see it this way. I think right now is the best of times. I really do. It's amazing what God is doing in our churches and in our hearts and in our lives. There's such a power available for us right now. And the work, and you just, I mean, I see the kingdom moving forward. I see his people arising. I see righteousness increasing. We're just getting serious about this. It's the best of times to be a follower of Jesus. It's the worst of times to be outside of Jesus. It's the age of wisdom, and you see it as people say, no, we got to get back to the word. we got to get back to the truth. we got to quit all this other stuff and get back to what matters. But you know what? It's also out there. There's so much foolishness. Go ahead and come to the next slide. I don't know it by heart. Thanks. Okay. It was the season of light. So much light right here in your life and in this church. So much darkness out there. It's the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. So many people are so afraid. They're so concerned. And the nations are raging. And they're just like, rah, rah, shaking their fists against God and controlling this and freaking out about this. And you know what it says when the nations rage? You know what the Bible says? And God sees the nation rage and he laughs. He's like, really? Did you think you were going to pull a fast one on me? Did you think you were going to trick me on this one? Did you think that I wasn't going to watch out for my children? put my hand on them, care for them? Do you think that I didn't have this under control? Do you think this all got away from me? He just laughs. He knows the highs and he knows the lows. And you know what the beautiful part of it is? We know him. We know him in the midst of it. So as I was preparing for this uh, sermon last night, just kind of wrapping things up, um, God gave me two pictures, and, and He doesn't speak to me in pictures. I don't know if that's ever happened before. I'm kind of like a word guy, and you know, He speaks to me as I'm reading the Bible often. And, and I get this, and I'm prepping this, and, and I get a picture. And it was actually, I just closed my eyes as I was praying for our time together, and, and I saw it was just so strange that I had to ask God about it. I saw you, and uh, you looked kind of like Aquaman. And you were like super tough and you had all this beautiful hair and these big tattoos and you were in the middle of this storm and you were on like the kind of holding this mast in this boat and it's just like this typhoon was coming down and it's coming against you and you were braced. And it was cool because in your face, man, you were just like, come on. You were secure, you were strong. So I stopped and I was like, well, Lord, what was that? And I felt like God told me, tell them they have what it takes. Listen, you have what it takes. For whatever storm's coming, whatever it looks like, I want you to understand that in him, you have what it takes. And you're just going to be strong and you're going to be like that guy, Jason, whatever his name is, and with all the tattoos, you're just like, ah, bring it on. And so then I did a little more typing and then I, and then I, I prayed again. I got another picture. And I saw a king, this massive king. And he was up above all these people, these multitudes, and it was you. And you were there worshiping him and bowing at his feet. I was like, Lord, what's that about? And I felt like God told me to tell you, tell him it's going to be worth it. 
it's going to be worth it when you stand before him. Listen, you have what it takes, and it's going to be worth it. Endure through the storms, go through the highs, go through the lows. We're going to stand before our glorious Father, rejoicing, praising him in victory that he is going to give you while you are here on this earth. Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for the victory that we have in you. And Lord, there's real problems and there's real hurts and there's just heartbreak on this, on this earth, Lord. But I know that is just a short time. Just momentary suffering, Lord. That's working amazing things into our hearts. That's teaching us eternal lessons. And God, I pray that you would teach us to be a constant people. That in our highs and in our lows, Lord, that, that we don't run away with either of them, but we just run towards you and we walk with you. Holy Spirit, I just pray for your encouragement and I thank you, God, that because of your grace, because of your Holy Spirit, that they have what it takes, whatever comes, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how hard the storms come, they have what it takes. They're going to be victorious in this. I just, I just know it. I declare over you victory over your life, victory over your battle. And it's all going to be worth it when we stand before you. And we'll come, we'll just say, oh, thank you, Lord, for all that you've taught us. Thank you that all you've done for us. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that in you we have the victory now. And we have the victory forever. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in him. God bless you.